0: Most of you, because I'm looking around and most of you were in Grimsby yesterday, I have a book that I launched um, eight weeks ago now, Um, and I'm really happy with it. Let me just read to you a couple of the titles of the chapters and see if this is something that you would be interested in reading. Let me read it, okay? Well, first of all, one of them is my testimony. Of how God delivered me from cocaine, alcohol, self-harm, and wholeness, and suicidal thoughts, paranoia. How God delivered me. Instantly sent So if you know anyone who's struggling with that, this would probably help them. A couple of other chapters. One of them is called The Value of Your Own Story. You have a story. But so often we don't know how to share it. So you have a story. The Value of Your Own Story. One of them is called Jesus Wants Your Platform. One of them is called transforming atmospheres and one of them is called A Different Kind of Power and there's a number of other chapters in there that I truly believe will help you. People say why have you written the book? Well what? It's delayed obedience (laughs) Okay? Better than none Better than none Okay? I should have but I was just too busy I should have wrote it maybe Number of years ago, hey, we're here, it's written, glory to God. Okay, I knew I had a book, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to help the believer get all the God stuff in their head because there's plenty of it, and I wanted to help the believer get all the God stuff in their heart because there's plenty of that. I wanted to help you get it out of your mouth because it doesn't matter how much revelation you have locked. Up inside you, it won't save your neighbours. Yeah. yeah. But what will save them is if they hear and then they accept. Yeah. So I wanted to help you get all the God stuff in your head, all the God stuff in your heart. I wanted to help you get it out of your mouth, because faith comes by hearing, yeah. not by hugging. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind being hugged. I love it. It's great. But it'll never save me. Ultimately. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing Hearing of the word of God Not yeah. being hugged by saints mm-hmm. Am I offer for hugging? Yeah Please Embrace someone But ultimately It's Accepting Christ mm-hmm. yeah. There's no unbelievers in heaven <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know that
1: Yeah
0: And I want you to know Salvation is exclusive
1: Yeah
0: on. The love of God is for everyone Yeah but salvation is exclusive Yeah It's only for those that believe yep. So It does sound quite like there's an exclusive And a, a club does not But what it is, is Only people who believe are in heaven yep. mm-hmm. There's no atheists in heaven No nope. So this book will help you Get it out of your mouth And see healings, salvations, words of knowledge All of that, shit. Yep. It's at the back there, go and grab a copy at the end Callum is my wonderful intern, he's been with me now for a couple of months, pray for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you?
1: you are doing. If
0: we get to the point where Callum travels everywhere with me, he'll probably be taking 60 flights a year. Wow. Yeah, so I've taken 36 flights this year, so far, I've been half, practically around the world. Worst night. Yeah, it can be. It can be. But I'm blessed to be here, guys. I really am. And I genuinely believe, even more so now after being in the worship and hearing what people are saying. Was, was you? What were you saying? That God's of, God is enough, and He knows what He's doing. Was that? Yeah, that's the that was, um, Psalm
1: 93 from the from the Passion. Yeah. God's in charge, and He knows what He's doing. God's in
0: charge, and He knows what He's doing. And then other people were saying, you know. Um, putting our trust in him, having a sound mind. Well, I want to share with you today what not to do. (laughs) And I'm going to use me as that example. You see, because I want to take us on a chair, as a church, parallel with what happened yesterday. So I'm going to use the notion of vulnerability and honesty and transparency, which is what every notion and minister should use. And I'm going to tell you how I got it horribly wrong, so that you don't have to, okay? This is what we're going to do, and I'm going to read some scriptures to you, probably ten verses, and eight verses, something like this. We're going to read them from Matthew 6, verse 25, okay? Okay? Before we do that, I just want us to declare some things over us, okay? Over ourselves. So let me just scroll back in my iPad and go to some things, okay? You ready? I want us to declare this. I am a new creation in Christ.
1: I am a new creation in Christ.
0: All things have passed away. All All things are passed away. All things are new. All things things are new. I declare that God has not given me a spirit of fear. I declare that
1: God has not given me a spirit of fear. But
0: of power.
1: For the power.
0: Love and a sound mind. Love and a sound mind. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. And I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of my testimony. And the word of my testimony. And we'll just declare this one last thing. I rejoice at your word. I rejoice, I rejoice at, your word. at your word. As one who finds great treasure. That's, what oh, that's great. Awesome, awesome. So, guys, I want to share with you a story, real story. Happened. It was life. It's not just an illustration. It happened to me. I know it happened to me because I did it. Okay. And I want to show you how, as a believer, we can still worry. Yeah.
1: Come
0: on. I know this because in Matthew six, Jesus tells us. Not to worry. I think it's three or even four times in like seven bases. Do not worry. Can I just ask you, and I want positive partakers in here, not skeptical spectators. I want you to partake in positivity. Can I ask you, here, with a vulnerability, with family, has anyone here ever worried about their children? (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: That's the one that gets everyone See, everyone's involved now So are we actually admitting that occasionally we can't worry? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, has
0: anyone here ever worried about their finances? Has anyone here ever worried about their health? Has anyone here ever worried about their occupation, their jobs? Okay, so I guess we're in a group, not of worriers, I'm not going to clear that over you. We're not worriers, we're victorious in Christ, but on your testimony, so to speak, or at least your confession, we can agree that at times we can worry. Yeah. But by the end of this six and a half hour sermon, <laughs> If any of you put meat in the oven, clearly you lack faith. <laughs> <laughs> You're not expecting God to move today. Oh dear. <laughs> Have we got meat in the oven? Yeah, yeah, For you, sir. <laughs> For me, I promise you this sermon will be over in thirty seconds. <laughs> okay. So, listen, guys. I just want to share some stuff, and I want to, like, just be. It's going to be me. Yeah. yeah. Go it's going to be me and him. I don't want. I don't
1: want. To
0: put on this like oh, you know, Andrew's got the mic and I have to be this stupid like has captured my character and this very, very early on. Like I I, I like
1: can't be anyone else. <laughs> and I'm just me
0: and him. And I hope that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Like I just want it to be an enough. And somehow I can relate with people and I can communicate with people. I've always been a good storyteller. I know this because when we used to have family parties,
1: in my uncle's, so
0: I have. I have a very like diverse family. I have four England internationals in my family. My uncle was the handball captain for England. My other uncle played for England. My auntie was the England hockey captain. And my cousin was the, one of the captains of the Team GB triathlon. So they all had stories to tell. And years ago, they would share stories. Stories that I were not involved in. And then the next time the story had to be told, they'd ask me to tell the story. I was like, I wasn't there. They'd say, no, but you tell it better. (laughs) So I've always had this way of being able to communicate with people. And now it's great because I want to bring people closer to Jesus. So it really helps. And plus, I'm from Liverpool. That always helps. (laughs) I used to talk to the police office, officers a lot. Thank goodness I don't <laughs> have to do that anymore. <laughs> Good Lord. Nigerian. Are you from Nigeria? God bless you guys. I, uh, I was just sharing with, with my brother there. I, I have a real connection to Nigeria. I actually answered the call to full-time evangelism in Lagos. I was at Ranhard Bonnke's farewell crusade. And the Lord spoke to me in front of 750 nigerians have you ever seen that book where's wally and you were a to find it i was the only white kid it was like i'll have him it was almost like by default i'll I'll almost have him in the middle of 750 nigerians and the lord spoke to me and i came home and i left my job and then I've been back there many, many times. I've ministered at the Glory Dome with Pastor Paul and Eche. He's mm-hmm. Pastor Paul and Becky are very good friends of mine. And Pastor Boy and his son, Lake they're good friends of mine. So I kind of went to the top pretty quick in, in, in <laughs> Nigeria. So I'm, I... Uh, when I'm there they call me the white Nigerian and it, doesn't it doesn't offend me one bit as a matter of fact it puts a smile on my face because when I go to Africa only in Africa do you know, I dance, I don't know what it is but it's infectious because you can't stand there like this because you look backslidden so instead of anyone accusing you of backsliding you just dance, right? and if I hear another but yeah. <laughs> a tambourine like the pick of a dove. Yeah. Oh man, alive! It's awesome. But anyway, guys, I'm happy to be here. I really am. But I want to share this because we've got meek Okay. <laughs> let me read some scriptures to you, and then let me share a story. What I did, and what I don't, or what I want you not to do. Okay. So we've agreed that occasionally we can worry. We're not worriers, but we can worry. Okay. Okay. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. This is Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than them? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Now, I've read a different translation. And it says, can any of you worrying, by worrying, add a single smile to your face? Mm. Isn't that awesome? Because worryers don't smile, right? Okay. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow they do not labour nor spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the fire, and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? I'll say this bit quickly you, little faith. <laughs> Sounds quite accusational, doesn't it? It's like I've like pinpointed someone, isn't it? I have So do not worry saying, what shall I eat or what shall I drink or what shall I wear? For even the pagans run after all of these things and yet your heavenly father knows that you need them. But first seek the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, so after all of that, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Guys, I want you to know that there's no need to worry. There's no need to worry. So some of you don't know that I was I was saved in a rehab. I was a cocaine addict, alcoholic, self-harmer, living on and off the streets. And as my brother was even, as my brother said, you know that was that's like a real, that's like deficit in life. And he said with that beautiful smile on his face, he said Andrew, you could also add to that list. You're in never Tony. Cocaine addict, self-armer, homelessness, suicidal, and an (laughs) Evertonian Okay, so I was a mess and I met the Lord in a rehab And I gave my life to him And he set me free Instantly Baptised me in the Holy Ghost and in fire And out of my mouth came his heavenly language I want you to grab this I'd never been to church I'd never heard the gospel I didn't know the tomb was empty I didn't know I could say, sorry, repent I didn't know I could be set free. I didn't know the addictions could stop. I didn't know these chains could be broken. And I said, Jesus, if you're real, save me. And the hands of God touched me and set me free. <laughs> Do you Baptised me in the Holy Ghost and in fire, and out of my mouth came the heaven language. I want you to grab this. I was the very first person I ever heard praying in tongues. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I was the very first person I ever heard praying in tongues. Could you imagine? Believe me, it melted my mind. I had never heard anybody praying in tongues before I did. So the Lord set me free. So I'm in this rehab and there's a church connected to it in Witness Day called The Foundry. And I leave and I'm I'm in the rehab and I'm connected to this church and, and in that church was a woman called Jennifer. There she is. Oh, God. Hasn't she done well? Yes. Yeah. She's, gorgeous. She's gorgeous, right? She's amazing. If any of you are lacking in faith that God is really real... She married me.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, that's a woman of faith right there, right? So, so Jen was in that church, and me and Jen had never met other. So and obviously, she caught my eye, and I was like, ooh-wee. <laughs> Only you can do this, Lord. So anyway, so I start praying for Jen as to be my wife. I'm in the rehab. She didn't know I liked it. I'm like, Lord, if she's my wife, keep all them filthy men away from her. Save her for this... Young, righteous one. Lord, I've just been saved. I'm like I'm on fire. I'm on The world hasn't got to me. And I'm just like this gleam. Gleam of the blood of Jesus. Save it for me, Lord. Save it for me. So anyway, me and Jen build up this relationship. I leave the rehab. After nine months, I promise you I could have I could have moved out on the fourth day. I met Jesus on the third day of being there. You know, I'm glad it was the third day. You know, significant things happen on the third day. Right? So I stayed, I met the Lord on the third day and I moved out nine months later. I guess you could call it significant. Nine months represents a birth, the third day. Jesus rose again. I rose into this new life. It was incredible. So Jen and I, we, um, we built this relationship. We were starting to call one another. You know, I was staying at Jen's house on the couch. She's upstairs with her mum and dad. It was all this kind of... Stuff, you know? (laughs) And then obviously with Jen and I were getting engaged and I leave this rehab and I'm like, well I need to get a job. I need to get a job because we're gonna get married. Some of you don't know before I went into rehab two years before that, three years, I had a construction company very small. I was earning about twelve thousand pounds a month living at home. As a matter of fact, I earned about ten to fourteen thousand pounds a month for about eight years. So I had some money, but I blew it all before I moved into rehab. I moved in with a, a shopping bag with a couple a pair of underpants, jeans, and some Lynx links Afri- links Africa. Lynx <laughs> Africa. It was January, so there was probably four tins from Christmas. So I move in there, and when I move out, I get this job. When I apply for a job, I bumped into a friend in a park, close to the rehab, his name's Stephen. Steven. And he used to work on the same site as we were. And I said to him, I said, hey Steve, I said, is there much work out there in the construction? He said, it's dead, there's nothing going on. He said, but actually people are taking, there's jobs in Jaguar Land Rover. I said, is there really? He said, yeah, here's the number. You've got to phone up an agency, do a telephone interview. And then if you do okay there, You'll be invited to do some tests. So I thought, this is great. I'm okay on the phone, you know? Like, so I really through that test. she said, like, oh, Andrew, you're the kind of guy we're looking for. Come and do the test. So I'm like, great. When are the tests? In three weeks. Awesome. The fact she was only nine minutes drive from where I live. So I go and I have these tests. Five tests. I passed them all. Amazing. Surprise everyone except an all-knowing God. Okay? So Pastor Moore, great. And as I was walking out, Stuart, the woman went like this. He was a bunch of us doing these tests. And the woman went like this. And I was like that. And I just knew. I knew. I heard the voice of the Lord. The same voice that said, content me when I was in the rehab. I heard that voice, sister. I heard it. And that voice, as I was walking out of this test room, I heard him say, "You've got this. It's yours." So I walked out, and then I get the confirmation of the woman. And I'm like, "Yes!" I go home and I say to well, I went to my house. I ring Jen. Jen's living with her mum and dad, I said, "Jen, it went really well. I've got this kid. I just know him. She said, how, "How? How did it go?" I said, "Well..." I aced them or I passed them The woman gave me the thumbs up. But above all that, the Lord spoke to me. He said, it's your job. Right, man, you take that the bank, right? That's like, you take that the bank. When that voice tells you he's come through for you. So, I'm like, oh. When am I going to start in my head? So I give it a couple of weeks. So I'm wanting to start this job. God told me it's mine. This was about September 2010. October two, no, September 2010. Okay. I moved out of the rehab in the middle of September. Had that interview the end of September. Okay. So I'm waiting for like a week. Nothing. No communication. Well, you would think, just been in rehab for nine months. Life's great, I'm on fire. I've got a beautiful future life. Everything's good, I've got my health back. I'm not cutting myself with everything Everything's awesome. You would think, after God telling me the job's yours, you would think I would just relax. Christmas is drawing near. Maybe I've got five weeks, ten weeks off before I wake the rest of my life. Let's just enjoy it. You know, let's go for a nice walk to a winter park with my future wife, hold hand. No, nothing like that. Nothing like that. So I'm, no phone call comes. Three weeks have passed. We're in the middle of October. So I ring her. I said, hey, this is Andrew Cannon. I said, I came in and did some tests with you guys for a future job. And she said, Oh, okay, okay. She said, Yeah Andrew, we've had many, many people come through. That didn't fill me with pieces all. <laughs> she said, and we haven't quite got to decision making yet. But you will hear from us one way or another. And in my head I'm like, why are you putting these people through? God's already spoken to me. But I didn't say that to him, you know. And I'm thinking, why are they putting these people through it? Because God has spoke to me. The job is mine. So I leave it another week. Nothing, another week, nothing. So I ring them again. I said, hi, this is Andrew Cannon. Sounds like a warrior, right? So I'm, so I'm doing the things that I promised myself I wouldn't do. Hi, this is Andrew. Yeah, we know. I said, this job. I believe it's mine. When am I going to find out? She said, Mr. Cannon, this is a process. And I'm in my head, I'm like, I just wanna know. I actually just want you to confirm what I hear from God. She said, I didn't say that to her, of course. She says, leave it with me. I'll ring you back tomorrow. Oh great, have you got my number? She said, There's a door in my hands at 571. I said, Lots. I said, Can you just re- repeat it all to me? You know, just to make sure. Because you can't just dial 571 and get through to me. There's there's six other numbers in front of that. So she dials it. And anyway, it comes to me. Two days later. Um, can't really rush this process, Mr. Cannon. I mean, You're just going to have to hold on. So I'm like, Oh my days. I ring up again. This sounds like a warrior, right? Not a warrior. A warrior. God spoke to me. My sister got up, spoke to me, to me. He said, the job is yours. It doesn't sound like I'm trusting him thus far, does it? I'm trying to do his work for him. <laughs> so I ring back up again. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, listen, I just need to know, is the job
1: mine?
0: I mean, Can you imagine this poor woman on the phone? She must have thought, I've got a food bat on the phone (laughs) here. He's a loon. Like, if he has got the job, I can't wait to meet him. (laughs) See exactly what he looks
1: like.
0: So I ring her up and she goes, okay, Mr. Cannon, I'm just gonna go and find out for you now. I'm like, yes. She comes back, she said, well, it's actually an outside agency that do it. And they finish for Christmas. I said, it's the last week of November. (laughs) How on earth? Have they finished for Christmas? I'm thinking, crikey, I should've got to try to get a job with them.
1: <laughs>
0: Finishing five weeks out before Christmas. Said, you're not gonna hear till January now? Mm-hmm. I said, okay. And all of a sudden, I had this a I was like, oh, I have a cousin who works in the offices of Jaguar Land <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd better ask him. Can I just remind you all? God spoke to me. I told me the job was mine. So now I ring cousin Phil, say, Phil, are you still in JAG? He went, I am. He doesn't work for JAG, he works at a company called Cisco, Cisco Systems, yeah, yeah. Electronics and all yeah. that stuff, he works there. that. He said, I am, bro, yeah. He said, I've been here like 18 years. I said, I need a favor. No problem, bro, what do you want me to do? I said, I need you to get in that office. This doesn't sound like I believe it is, does it? I need you to get in that office and find out whether I've got the job. Welcome. Two days later, he rings me up and goes, don't shoot the messenger, he said. I'm like, okay, I'm going to shoot him.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know whether you're familiar with that, but typically when someone says don't shoot the messenger, they're not bringing you good news. Yeah. They're bringing you news where you're liable to shoot them. Yes. <laughs> okay? I'm like, hey, oh, he said, You haven't got the job. I said, Phil. Are you sure? He said, Well, let me just ask you a rhetorical question, Andrew Cannon. Is your name still Andrew Cannon? <laughs> I said, it certainly is. He said, you haven't adopted any middle name since, like, since we've grown up together, have you? I said, I haven't. He said, okay, yeah, I'm looking at your name. You don't have the job. I said, Phil, just read it again. He said, A N D R E W. C-A-N-N-O-N. Andrew Cannon." He said, bro, there's not many ways I can tell you this except tell you you don't have the job. It broke it crushed me. Mm. Let me tell you why. Because that same it didn't crush me that I never got the job. I have a trade. I can open up a construction company like that today and be busy in two weeks. It's not that's, that's not my problem. I'm thank God the Lord, Lord gate. Well, I have a trade. I can do it. Open it up tomorrow. It's not my problem. The bit that concerned me was I heard the same voice mm. that said to me. Mm. The job is yours. <laughs> that was the same voice that said, come to me. Yeah. So I'm like, it, yeah. my sheep, not my voice. Yeah. I'm like, clearly I don't know his voice.
1: Yeah.
0: And if I do, God is double-minded, unsteady in all his ways.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who the heck have I given my life to? Yeah. This is what I'm thinking. And I'm on fire, by the way, at this time. It sounds quite contradicting, but Stuart, you know, I was like leading people to Jesus everywhere. So, Phil gives me the sledgehammer news. So what do I do? I take myself back into construction. The very toxic place I so desperately wanted to get out. I never promised God that I wouldn't go there. But I promised myself, and here I am. Back in construction, back in that culture that was quite toxic to me. Construction is a beautiful world. But for me, I would need my construction friends in the pub at 12 o'clock every Friday and stayed there till 12 o'clock every Sunday,
1: practically. So for me,
0: just for me, it was an awful place to be. And given this is my story, it's important for me to let you know that. Just construction was a bad place for me. So I find myself back in that very culture, not drinking, not taking drugs, a free man but a free man in a, in, a, in a zone that I promised myself I wouldn't go to. So I'm about 60 foot up in the air on Man City's new ground. Okay? We were, demo, we were demolishing the old one or bringing up the new one. I can't remember. Anyway, it was Man City's ground. And I'm 60 foot up in the air with a harness on with my legs wrapped around some steel and my phone vibrates in my pocket. And I pick it out and it's Jen. She says, have you checked your emails? I said, No. She said, You've got the job. No. God told me that the job was mine. My wife is now ring, sorry, Jen, she wasn't my wife at the time. Jen is now ringing me, telling me I've got the job and I'm saying, I can't have, Oh, Phil told me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) God told
0: me, but I'm saying I can't have the job because Phil's looked at the register. I said, you are kidding me, she said no. So I come down from the, (laughs)
1: I came down the quickest I've ever come down. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> shh, 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 shh. I'm like,
0: you're not supposed to do that, but I did it because I wanted to read this good news. So I come down and I pull out my phone and I've got no signal. I'm looking at my phone like this, no bars, and all, I'm running around the site like this. People think I'm a loon I'm like this, and then I have my phone pings and it is. Mr. Kind of congratulations. We'd like to offer you a full time job starting the 21st of March 2011. Your starting rate is at um, whatever it was, X amount of thousands. Congratulations. Do you know what? All of a sudden I went, I knew him. <laughs> <laughs> knew him? Of course he was going to come through. I was caked in mud, cement. Oil on the top of this rig. Clearly I didn't resemble that I trusted him. Steel-toed cap, boots on, a harness, belt, spanners hanging off on this hard on. That's not the man that looked like he trusted God. But yet somehow I did. So what do I do? I ring Cousin Phil.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: like a peacock and all my feathers out like this. I said, hey, Phil. He said, what's up, bro? I said, do you know that job that you said I didn't have? He said, yeah. I said, I have got it. He said, you can't have. I said, I have. I've got the email. I knew I had it because God told me. Do you know what Phil said? If God told you, why did you call me? (laughs) This is a non-believer saying, well, if your God told you, why are you calling me? But from that moment, it pierced me. Now our unbelief has a squarely witness to unbelievers. Our lack of trust in a moment Expands in a non believer's life. Right. Here is me telling my cousin that before this, that he ought to give his life to this Jesus because he sets people free. And then, Ooh, that was January, then nine months later, I'm ringing him on God's behalf. Mm-hmm. He's like, this doesn't make sense so I go and I get this job and obviously I took great pleasure in ringing Cousin Phil
1: to tell him
0: that I actually do trust God now he's come through for me but the process I wavered a little and I just want you to know guys don't waver God's big enough and he'll come through and he knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing he's gone before you and he's behind you cleaning up our mess He's gone before us, and he's behind clean us, cleaning up our mess. He's amazing. So, I have this induction, and there's 127 people in a room just like this, but it was, you know, an office kind of space, and I was in this induction building on the grounds of Jaguar Land Rover, and there was 127 people in the room. I thought, cranky they're taking 127 people. So, you can imagine. 127 people. And the supervisor was now giving us our jobs. And he looks down and he goes, Stuart, you're fitting the bumpers. Liz, you're fitting the seats. Callum, you're fitting the mirrors. Alan, you're fitting the carpets. And he didn't look up and he went through about 70 names. Just want something like this. And then he came and he went, Andrew Cannon. Who's Andrew Cannon? I went, Here we go. (laughs) This is going to be eventful. Mm -hmm. He said, Andrew. He said, You've been given the dynamic road test. Mm
1: -hmm. That
0: was my response. I no idea what it was, but it sounded better than the job Sue got. Fitting bumpers. <laughs> he said, Andrew, you've been given a dy- dynamic road test. He said, one of two things has happened here. And everyone's like, he said, Eva, you are a relative of the CEO. Oh, you had a letter from God. I jumped up. I went, but you should say that. Fully, you should say that. And this is what I did. I, I, this is what I did. I said, I was a cocaine addict and an alcoholic. I was a self armed and Jesus set me free. Is there anyone in here who wants prayer right now? Right? And then all God. of a sudden. I heard that same accusational voice saying, You haven't signed your contract yet.
1: You?
0: <laughs> I started to worry in the job that I already had. <laughs> you haven't signed your contract? And I just went like this. Is anyone in here? What pret? And then I heard, You haven't signed your contract. And I was like, oh. Everyone was like <laughs> And then my supervisor just went. John, you've been, like, just moved on. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, have you ever been in those moments where you've done something and it goes awkwardly silent? (laughs) Imagine it going awkwardly silent and it lasting. It didn't last, but it felt like it lasted for an hour. (laughs) Because my supervisor was trying to gather his thoughts. Instead of moving on quickly, he was like, (laughs)
1: <laughs> I hear me, I'm
0: going, just move on just move on, he's going, he's like this so everyone's like that it was awful anyway, cut a long story short he were actually taken on 900 people
1: wow.
0: he were actually taken on a new shift no wonder there was a process mm. no wonder it wasn't all about Andrew Cannon when I'm ringing up, 900 people. Phil did read Andrew Cannon. And that Andrew Cannon didn't get the job. It was 52,000 application forms went in and it was four Andrew Cannons.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> that Andrew Cannon didn't get the job. And actually, there was three others, two others that never got the job. Phil just scrolled down in alphabetical order I'm always close to the top because my initials are AC so even if they go surname I'm right up the top anyway he just sees Andrew Cannon doesn't bother reading the address or the national insurance number he wouldn't know mine anyway or even the date of birth he just sees Andrew Cannon well actually there was four of us and three of them never got it, but one of them did I got the job you see when God speaks to you simply trust him simply trust him so I then start in the factory 21st of uh, March 2011 and some of those lads and women in my my induction were on my shift because there was three shifts this was the third shift and you could see when I walked past them they'd go
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like they didn't want to touch me. It was like, they were
0: like. Can, I can, honestly, guys, can I just. I know this is humorous and I know we're here to be serious, but I'm telling you, God can heal people through healing. Let me just tell you, through through laughter. Yeah. Let me just yeah. tell you something. Exactly. Some of them, I promise you, some of them, like the cheeky ones that walked past me, and gone. Some of them would go like this. I, honestly, guys, I, I promise you, some of them would go, Father.
1: <laughs> it was incredible. It was
0: incredible. So, um, in the factory, as you can imagine, there's 1,600 people in the factory, 2,000 2, at any given time, plus 600 cars driving around, plus 190 forklift trucks plus another 500 buggy, it's it's chaos in it, chaos in there, and I came in one day, and all the lads were gathered around the table, and it was a pint of milk there, and I promise you, it was milk on the bottom, I don't know what was on the top, you know, it'd been in the fridge for too long, and it looked like yogurts on the top, milk on the bottom, and they put it, and they would all chuckling and I walked in, and he went... <laughs> can you heal her? <laughs> I said, they'll turn into wild I wounder when no Stella will do, please. <laughs> but I had this, this like, rapport, this banter with the lads, and it all came from, I'm a born-again believer, so
1: anyway. So these lads would
0: ask me to pray for them. Oh, They'd ask me to pray for them a lot. And I had this, so I had the dynamic road test, but before I took them out onto a track, an internal track, we would drive the car into a booth about the size of this, like a treadmill. Yeah, yeah. You drive it in with like a, a, a rolling rope, and I plug it in on one day, one day after me being here about four or five years, one day my doors closed, They closed at the time, They close like this, huge big doors, huge big doors Because the doors are closed there, the doors are closed there, you do the test. And they clothed, and the lads had printed out like a sixteen-foot poster of the Last Supper, and
1: they put it in my
0: It was incredible. These lads who would mock me, and I, listen, guys, I want you to know, it was no, they were not malicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. <laughs> An invitational mock. Yeah, like, yeah. if I mock you, you might say something to me about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It was their, it was their way of saying, "Can you tell me a bit more?" So every now and then, the lads would go like this, and I'm like, <laughs> 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 "Like, Graham, what's to do, mate? He went to. His yeah. <coughs> mum's got a note set at the back of the high, she, the back of the high. She's got to go up to Newcastle, Padley a great kind up there or something. He said, yeah. Can you throw one up for me?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: like, Where's a coin.
1: <laughs> Is it now
0: one of them prayers? <laughs> I said, You want me to just like where would you like me to throw that night? He said, you know, God. I said, Do you believe? He said, I don't know. I said, eh. where should we pray? He went, How about the supper room? <laughs> I said, what is that? He went, your, your booth? He said, we put it up.
1: He said we all
0: call it the sucker. I, I said, since when? He said about three and a half years ago. <laughs> I said, well how come I didn't know? He said you don't need to know, you already done it.
1: I'm like, this is us. Awesome.
0: They're all talking about Jesus but hiding it from me. So I go in and I pray for Graeme's mum. She doesn't lose her eye. Her eye was actually coming out. I promise you guys, I'm not exaggerating this. She was that her eye was going to come out. She kept her eye. Graeme, we have other people. People who would lived very, very ungodly lives. You couldn't get mortgages because they'd ripped every person off. Now started to live a good life. And their finances were in order. They paid their dues. They paid their debts. And now they're ready for mortgages. They have... So much money in the bank because they paid us very, very well. Very well. Like, 40-odd quid an hour, double-timed somebody. It was just crazy. So we had these lads who were like 25 years of age with like 80,000 quid in the bank, living at home, couldn't get mortgages. So I paid for them and they'd all start getting mortgages. One of them, an Italian lad, well his Scouse, he's from Liverpool, but his, his jeans are Italian, I will he got know, he got confirmation on the production line that uh, his, his mortgage acceptance come through. Now, we all know Italians, right? <laughs> yeah. They're gonna be somewhat charismatic. He jumped <laughs> off, he was like, yeah! I've got me mortgage, I've got me mortgage! And so went, how did you get that? He went, cannons God! Andy Cannon's God! Andy Cannon's God's God me. He couldn't show up. It was like he had Tourette's. He was just telling everyone. He couldn't be. Andy Cannon's God! Andy Cannon's God! He became one of the best evangelists. Who didn't even believe? In a, in a, in a factory, we led so many people to Jesus. Why am I saying this? Don't worry.
1: Yeah.
0: God will get you there. I'll finish with this. I'm going to be wrapped up in five minutes, okay? So, inside this factory, at the end of our first tea break, our coffee break, The whole factory would stop. We'd all have to go on our break together because if the production line stops, it costs 47,000 pounds a minute. Legally, they have to give you five minutes break for every hour. Legally, whether it costs the company a million pound a day or not, they have to do that. So we'd all go on our break together, come back. And then we'd have this debrief about the day before. And our supervisor, uh, my group leader, Keith, one of the greatest leaders I've ever ever come across in my life. He would tell us how many cars we've sold, how many cars are on wheels, which means how many cars are in the factory, how many cars are getting repaired, brand new ones getting repaired. That could what that means is there's a switch that might not be fully pushed in, or a fuse that's just not quite home right. And he would tell us all of this, and he'd been there for 32 years when I joined. And then after all, he, he said, and he did it, and he was like 25 of us in our group, and he would do this, and he'd do it every single day, and I just thought, this is just, so at the, end of, at the end of it, I'd go, amen. Oh, amen. The next day, he'd give the statistics, and I'd go, amen, and someone else like Kenny would go, amen. <laughs> and I was like, what's going on here? So we did it again, amen, and the lads, would all start to say amen? And Keith, my soup group leader, he said, "One morning, one, one morning, ten past nine in the morning, because we'd started 6 He'd say, "You know what, guys? I've changed my mind. I've been doing this for thirty-two years. Been giving these statistics; they mean nothing." He said, "As from today, I'm going to bring a scripture of the day." Come oh. on. <laughs> I want to bring something that changes lives. Every single day, he bought a scripture. Every day. My lads in my team made these big sponge, what they called (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) hands. He would bring the scripture and he'd go, Amen, hallelujah! And we were so loud because all the machines had stopped for this 10 minutes. The group over there wanted to know what we were doing So they'd shout Amen, but not quite fully understand what they were saying Amen to they just seen us having so much fun And then that group, who could hear them, heard them say Amen So they started to say Amen And then that group, and just to give you an idea The factory's a mile and a half long by a mile wide Wow That's how big it is, okay? Keith, my group leader, would send that supervisor a scripture
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then he would send on We had an underground church in hell wow. <laughs>
1: That's
0: Why? Because God had come through for me yeah. Yeah. Do not worry Do not worry When mm-hmm. God speaks to you He will come through mm-hmm. Because if we don't trust him When can we ever trust him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, because God's created us in his image We don't create him in ours Because yeah. if he was in ours Well, that's probably not a God I wanna worship. (laughs) (laughs) So, know this. When God speaks to you, simply trust him. Let him do what only he can do. Don't do what Andy Cannon did. Trust him and enjoy The process. When God says it's yours, it's yours. I want us all to say one thing. I want us all to declare something. Say this I will not worry. I will not worry. I am not a worrier. I am not a worrier. I am victorious. I am victorious. God will supply all my needs. God will supply all my needs. He's completely in control. He's completely in control. He doesn't need my help. He doesn't need my help. He'll do it for me. He'll do it for me. In Jesus mighty name. In Jesus mighty name. God bless you guys. I hope I do hope
1: that friend.